Which is also two, which is five, which is what of what are you doing? The, I don't know the same thing Alistair Crowley does. Just he, he so like say this is this, but it's also that. Oh, I see. Which is this? But but ninety three. Hello, <laughs> hello. Uh, ninety three is a greeting. We didn't explain that last time. Hi. Yeah, it just means hi. Welcome. Hello. Yeah, welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And in this episode, we give you part two. Part the, two. The long-awaited part two of the OTO part investigation. Two. Part two. So you heard part one of our Ordo Templi Orientis investigation. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you're joining us for the first time. A few months ago. Welcome. Welcome. And we told you the tale of this this group that was, uh, well, you know, I found out it's incorrect to say it was founded by Aleister Crowley. Yeah, no, we didn't say it was founded by him. Oh, okay. I was kind of thinking that. I was wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Don't say that because mm. it already existed in right. England and... He had written this book, The Book of Lies, and had included these arcane secrets that the OTO reached out to him and said, how could you possibly know this? This is our secret doctrine. And he said, oh, you guys are onto something. So and he became kind of the new forefather. Yeah, and he became very involved in OTO. But for someone who doesn't know what OTO is, it's this sort of like Masonic offshoot occult group. Right. Yes. And we joined it. And in our first episode, we told you about the process of joining. Well, not joining in yeah. an official sense, but showing up for the first, our first few meetings and learning all about it and almost eating sperm and seeing a naked lady and worshiping the naked lady. It's really exciting. You should hear part one. You really should. So in part two now, you get to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. We did go back. We so, went back. So we released our episode on August 1st, as mm-hmm. we are wont to do. And then we went to another meeting on August 3rd. Mm-hmm. This was not one of the Gnostic masses. Right. But rather uh, a meeting in the library similar to one you had been to before. Uh, but this one was focused on Philema, right. which is that law, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law, love under will. Yeah, get with it, Carrie. Sorry. Pay, pay attention. <laughs> so they were going to kind of break that down, have discussion about it. And so we thought, well, this is good. This is the meat of OTO. We want to hear more about this. Right. So we showed up that Saturday. Well, we, you showed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I showed up first. And usually I'm the one running late and like, sorry, Carrie, I'm That's almost true. there. This time I showed up and I was there on time. Yes, and, and I wasn't because I got lost on Los Angeles freeways. And for this, we were missing on the other side of Los Angeles the 9-11 Truther meeting. We oh, had, yeah. We had to skip that for a month to go to this. It was horrible. Yeah. But I don't know. If you had your druthers, which would you go to now? Ooh. <laughs> um, I guess the Truthers. Really? Oh, you'd I sit through four and a half so. hours of that? I'd go back to this Thelema meeting. Yeah, I was, don't know. It was two I, hours. To be honest with you, those are my two least favorite groups that we've investigated. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, right in a row. We need to get you a break. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I showed up. They recognized me by this point because we'd been to three masses. We, we spent some time just kind of milling about in the library as people sort of showed up. You know, it's a soft arrival time, as we found out. You can show up half an hour after the start time. Yeah, you can really show up like an hour late, and they, they're just kind of like, oh, hey. That's when they yeah, start to pick up. Right. 
Uh, so we were looking around the library. Um, I was talking to a few people, and uh, every time you'll get like book recommendations. Mm -hmm. So I have all these books I want to read now, you know, to learn more about the occult and in particular OTO. One author in particular that kept getting mentioned to me was Lon Milo Duque. Okay. Anyways, he had written a book, uh, My Life with the Spirits, and a number of others. So I will pass along that recommendation for you, dear uh, listener. Okay. Also, I've been I've started reading Aleister Crowley's The Book of Lies. Right, I gave it to you for your birthday. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. a very nice birthday gift. Oh, man, it's a lot of work. Like, you can't just sit down and be like, flippy, flippy, flip. I'm working my way through this book. <laughs> it's like, it's this, like, code. He's very poetic, mm -hmm. Aleister Crowley is. It'll be all these kind of statements of this is this, but it is not that. But it is also this, which is the opposite of that and, right and then but it is this number and then he like lists all these numbers and then there's greek letters and then there's commentary on the right hand side of each page so you kind of read the left hand page and you go like what just happened to me and does it feel a little bit like philosophical masturbation like he's just oh yeah you know really I, proud of himself i yes i would enjoy it more if i wasn't picturing him writing this and thinking how clever he is and <laughs> and and well and also doing this sort of like I want people to treat my words like scripture. I'm going to write something that's scripture-y. Oh, uh-huh. That's, that's what I kind of felt, just, you know, that someone was aiming to do. It's like, this is going to keep people head-scratching for years. Oh, uh-huh. Trying to figure out every jot and tittle Purposely of what I was obtuse. saying. Purposely obtuse. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's a great way of saying it. Purposely obtuse. But then there would be the... A commentary on the right-hand side, and it would sort of explain what was on the left side, and then you'd reread the left and go, oh, okay, now I see the uh -huh. symbology he's going for, and some of it's really nice and poetic, and he's a good showman. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I think just me kind of picturing him writing this kind of turned me off right. at the same time. Like, I don't, e I don't even have to be selective here. Like, I can just grab anything. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> so you just open the book and flip to a random page, and here yeah. we go. Okay, 41, and then there are uh, Greek letters at the top, which we see a lot, but I'm, I'm not going to risk uh, pronouncing. And then it says, corn, beef, hash, in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it really does. Just at random. In V, 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 each V has a period after it, is the great work perfect. Therefore, none is that pertaineth not to V, 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 V. <laughs> If any may he manifest, yet in one hath he chosen to manifest, and this one hath given his ring as a seal of authority to the work of the A, and then a little triangle of dots, A, triangle of dots, through the colleagues of Frater Perdurabo, and that's all in caps. Oh, I think that was his little kind of spiritual name. But this concerns themselves and their administration. It concerneth none below the grade of exempt adept and one only by command. So that's what the whole yeah, book's like. Yeah, that makes like. me very hungry. And then he writes a commentary on the other side, and then you kind of reread that. Anyways, so, so is the commentary by him? Are yes. you sure? Okay. Yeah, that he wrote later to kind of add uh, to it. Okay. Um, but it's just, it's not easy reading. It's interesting. Uh-huh. It's interesting, but it's a lot of work to get through. Right. And yeah, they were talking about various things along the way. One, one that I thought was interesting was a little conversation. Someone was trying to figure out what the master of the lodge, like what her role was and why it's called a master. Mm. And Donatello, that's mm -hmm. what I'm going to call him. I don't know if we mentioned him in the first episode. He was another, I, I would say out of everybody else, he was like the second most involved. Right. And probably the most knowledgeable yeah. uh, amongst and everybody. Yeah, and the second most pretentious. Okay. <laughs> he was saying that, uh, you know, the master of lodge, she's essentially the boss. Uh, it's administrative. It's not like she's not spiritually above all of us. It's right. very mm -hmm. terrestrial. So he, he did establish that, but he uh, said that in the OTO, it's a hierarchy. It's not democratic. I guess she does have some, some power. Oh, he said that there are strong rules 
Uh, so they don't allow you to get high there or right. to make unwanted sexual advances. Right. So they do have they do lay down the law. Right. In addition to the law. Yeah, the a lot law. of times they would mention how they do follow the law of the lands. So you can't do anything illegal there. You can't do anything illegal there. And it became very obvious that they had problems with drug use. That's why they had that to say that. People kept showing up high. Right. Or yeah. and making unwanted sexual advances. Or making <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So you know, oh, that's good. They'd establish their rules. Except... It is good, but it's against their philosophy <laughs> right well if you can pin down their philosophy well yeah but if we just accept it as face value do what that right. wilt so i don't know how many people were there about uh, six one, two, people three, four, five, six. Were, i think more like eight there were two new ladies uh who'd shown up and kind of like with the Raelians, I was put in this position where they were asking me to describe the Gnostic mass. So, uh. so I was trying to, you know, represent it as best I could. Yeah, they seemed a little standoffish, like they felt weird being there. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. They also, were... I noticed that they both were made to read aloud and maybe weren't very comfortable doing that. Right. Yeah. Right. As Susie, the master of the lodge, would say, let's redirect a little bit. <laughs> okay. That's how she got the meeting going. So she did her uh, do what thou will, she'll be the whole of the law, and then we all replied. Oh, well, and then uh, she asked for donations every time they kind of have the basket there, and they asked for $10 per person. So mm -hmm. you weren't there yet, so I just put in $10. Ah, I don't think I ever put in money at that meeting, sorry. They decided that, you know, since we're talking about Philema and the law, that this would be a really good time to read The Law is for All, or part of it. Sure. And actually, we read quite a bit of it. Yes. Uh, the yeah. whole thing, really. I, Yeah, I mean, you guys had already started way before I got there, because yeah. I was like 45 minutes late. Yeah. And there was still lots to go. Yeah, and she, she asked uh, if any of us had read The Law before, and we said, no, I think pretty much everybody except for like the experienced OTOers there had not read it before, and said, oh, well, this is a great opportunity. Let's just take turns reading 10 verses at a time. Yeah, here we go. And Here's a completely confusing thing we can sit down and read. And they had multiple copies of the book, and they passed out, like, multiple editions, and they gave a little bit of history of it. So the backstory was that, I guess, in April of 1904, this is how they recounted it, Alistair Crowley was on a honeymoon mm -hmm. with his fiance, right. Rose Kelly, and so they visited Sri Lanka. They went hunting in Africa, and then they settled into Cairo for a while. Crowley started to notice that his new wife was starting to act funny. And I guess she was not too intellectually oriented. That's how okay. they, that's how they uh, described it. Like she, <laughs> That's how they say dum-dum. Right. She had memorized like a poem by Shelley and she would use that at events to look smart. So she, all of a sudden, like she started knowing all these things and she was sounding all intelligent and, and studied. And so he quizzed her about Horace and, and she answered all the, the questions correctly. And then they went to this museum and she went straight upstairs into like Stella number 666 and it was Horace. And so she had this like, is so much like having to listen to someone's boring dream, you know, when yeah. it's so important to them and they're like, no, you don't get it. And then there was a lawnmower, but the lawnmower was you. No, 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 no. It gets good here. You were the lawnmower. Right. But there were all these pansies and I hate pansies, but I think the pansies <laughs> were actually my when childhood. Will this stop? Yeah. You're just nodding along. Oh, wow. So yeah, this is all very important. And yeah, I'm, I'm interpreting it more in the light of like real people just telling silly stories right. about mm -hmm. what happened on their honeymoon to Cairo. Sure. Uh, so Where they may have smoked smopium. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, during this time, Crowley was visited by Iwas. Three ghosts of Christmas past. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he was dictated 
this book that he wrote down, and it was The Law. He wrote out all this stuff under direction of the spirit. You know, who knows if the spirit's telling him true things or not? You know, oh, good point. Whatever. Yeah. Um, there, there seemed to be no discussion of that. I don't know. That would have been an interesting point to bring up. But anyways, he then uh, kind of sent it out to 12 people or like a group of people and like didn't really hear back. And he sort of lost it for 10 years and didn't really do anything with it. Like you do. And then he, Whenever I get messages for, straight from God, right. I write them down. Yep. I put him in my closet. I forget about him for a decade. Send him to other people. Forget about him. Yep. And mm-hmm. then like 10 years later, I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm a conduit of God. Right. They said he found it under a ski. And then he, <laughs> and then he realized, oh, this is what I'm meant to do with my life is to share this. I picture that- him like going through his closet and he's like getting rid of these jodhpurs. <laughs> I'm getting, oh my God, I remember my painting phase. I'm getting rid of those. Right. Oh, oh my god, I have this pair of skis. Pick that up, and then like a glowing orb. What is this it. next to the rucksack? <laughs> right. What the hell's a rucksack? <laughs> it's another word for like a backpack or bag. Oh. Yeah. Very, very important work that he just kind of ignored for a while, and it frustrated him as he was writing it. And then he decided this should be his guiding mission in life to share this with people. Right. The thing in his closet. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Under <laughs> under the ski. So we found out about kind of the inspiration of this. Then we. Were was, okay, it's time to read this thing. Um, mm-hmm. So we took turns. Which was probably like an hour into it. Uh, it was broken up into verses. I don't know if that was Crowley doing this kind of pretentiously on his own or, mm-hmm. you know, because like the Bible is in verses. So it helps right. you to reference it. Of course, those were added uh, after the original authors broke right. the, uh, the scrolls. Anyway, so yeah, we'd take turns. And oh, it's it so reminded me of being at Sunday school again because we used to do the same thing with the Bible. We'd go around mm-hmm. in turns. Oh, yeah. And read a bit. And I would always take pride because I was a good reader. And it was the same situation where some people be kind of of uncomfortable you could tell right. they didn't read aloud much and and then you know you'd run into words you didn't know and it'd be awkward and someone else would help right, you right or like these weird greek symbols and what do i say and you know now i'm remembering when i was in church that there was also a political aspect to that because if like let's say you don't know how to say philemon then oh, the yeah. person next to you might think like oh she doesn't read the bible oh, much she doesn't know it's you philemon know? yeah okay fine <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, we were taking our turns, and the text of it is very much like what we were just talking about with the Book of Lies. It was that same sort of very obtuse writing. Mm-hmm. Um, parts of it I recognized from the ceremony, from the Gnostic Mass. Yep. There were big sections where, oh, okay, now I'm kind of getting the context of, you know, what the priest had been shouting out. Right. And that was cool. Uh, there were some very harsh words in there. Yeah, no, there are some some strong words. Some doozies. Of, what shall we say, what shall we say, um, uh, uh, if you wanted to be sort of a, a jerk. Oh, yeah. These would be good things to reference. Yeah, yeah right. like, okay, here's, here's a quote. I hate the consoled and the consoler. What, why? What, yeah. Why? Both of them? Yeah. Aww. So just anyone who's suffering or anyone who helps the suffering, out of here. <laughs> I just did the sort of cut it out Joey Gladstone <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> fingers when cut I did that. Out of here. Compassion is the vice of kings. Oh, I remember that one. Yes. Yeah. So not only is it bad, but only kings get to do it. Right. <laughs> this one. Jesus. Let her kill her heart. Then will I lift her to the pinnacles of power. So as long as you're selfish and don't care about anyone else, then you can be powerful. 
Wait. Oh, this is written by Alistair Crowley. Though I am in no way responsible for any of these documents except the translations of the Stele inscription, I publish them among my works because I believe that their intelligent study may be interesting and helpful. Alistair Crowley. This false modesty. Just mm -hmm. so impressive. You know, like, Rael would do the same sort of thing, where he'd be like, oh, I am nothing, I am but a lowly man, but go ahead and sing to me, and I will wear this long flowing <laughs> right. robe. You know, what's interesting, though, is, like, so many people told us that, that when they first read this, just something clicked. Something was so clear for them. Right. And it's just like, I mean, we were, we've been told that in pretty much every group. With the Raelians, they would say... You know, I was searching forever, and then when I finally read the book which tells the truth, yes. or I read the messages, wow, it just like clicked. And the same with the Mormons. They'd say, you know, when you read this book, and if you pray and ask if it's the truth, something will click for you. And we were told the same thing as Christians as well. Just, yeah. It just really, for some people... Like, each text just really sits with a certain segment of people, it seems. And they had some interesting protections around the text. They had these prescriptions in the text itself that, like, no one shall tell others what it means. Mm -hmm. Like, you shall not interpret it for other people. Right. And in fact, the book itself says near the end, if this is your first time reading it, you should destroy this destroy copy. Destroy the book. It, yeah. is, it is best that you do that. And of course, uh, when we <laughs> when we read that part, Susie, we've all got their copy of right? the book in our heads, and we want to destroy and it. And I, I had already read that part; I had skipped ahead and noticed that. But Susie read it and then looked around, like, "Ho ho ho! Hey, look at that!" <laughs> Interesting that it says that. Yeah, got to this sneaky little part. I've totally seen people who have done this, and you oh, know, I know, for some people, that is the best thing. Right, but. We don't have to do that now. What? Right? Susie makes up so much shit. <laughs> She's not, I mean, like, she just, like, is clearly a tall tale teller. Well, <laughs> well, like, everything gets phrased in such a way that it means this, but it also means that. Oh, But it yeah. can also be this. Whatever pleases you. Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't like that? Well, it's actually the opposite of that. Right. <laughs> oh, but you just said this. Well, that's true, but this is also true. Right. It's like, well, make up your mind. They can both be true. Right. Uh, you know. As long as I say it in this docile tone, you should continue to like me, and so, sure, whatever you just said is correct. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it does say that about compassion, but is compassion this? That depends on how you define right. compassion. Yeah. It could also be this. Yeah, so when I brought up the compassion is the vice of kings yes. thing and said I... I just really don't buy that. I think that's kind of ugly. I think I said, I think that's kind of ugly. Yeah. And, uh, and immediate, you know, damage control. If you think that's ugly, well, then it's not that. Right. It's something so then, else. So then... Because uh, it's lovely. So then Donatello said, oh, well, well, well wait. Um, what is love? I mean, love... We Baby, say that don't hurt me. <laughs> Very don't good. hurt me. No, yeah, he didn't start singing. Now we're licensing <laughs> for that. Um, no, he said, uh, you know, we talk that we should have love, but love is not compassion. And it's not pity. Pity be damned. Pity is not compassion. Yes, that's so right. So now I'm not even following which one of these they want us to have. That would and happen then, so many times. Like, we'd ask a question, and then it would get rephrased as like, uh, you know, well, you know, what about this? And then, like, okay, well, that's an interesting question, but it's a different question. Right. <laughs> and then they'd, they'd nail that one. You know, right. they'd knock it down sort to the floor. Of. and Or, yeah, or just change the subject a few more times. Right. You know, bullet point, asterisk, number, right, right. clause underneath. Like, you happy now? Like, oh, wait, we're, <laughs> we're totally off the original topic. Right. 
Yeah, so then they started saying, well, pity is terrible. And uh, which, you know, we, we could, yeah. I could see like. You're not really helping somebody if you just say, oh, you poor you baby. If you only pity them. You've got but to challenge them. Her example, yeah, but Susie's example was, so if Donatello comes to me. And he says he has a problem. Do I say like, oh, you poor thing. What a tough thing to go through. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds like a monster. <laughs> or, or, should, or do I say, yeah, what are you going to do about it? What's your action plan? Right. <laughs> so, okay. I get where she's coming from. Sure. But I would say you need both of those things sure. to be a good friend. Yeah. I don't think you have to just jump down your friend's throat. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure she would agree with you, though, if she heard you say that. Of course she would, because she would agree with anything. <laughs> and then go into another, you know, kind of example. Right. Oh, one, of, one of my favorite parts of the text. And we went on for 40 minutes taking turns. And you arrived somewhere in there and you joined in on right. the, the reading circle. I listened to the numbers and the words. Four, six, three, eight, A, B, K, two, four. Oh, shit. I'm taking this down. Lowercase uh -huh. A. Uh, the rest are all uppercase. L, G, M, O, R, three, Y. X is like license plate numbers. It's like my Wi-Fi password. 24, 89, R, P, S, T, O, V, A, L. What meaneth this, O prophet? Thou knowest not, nor shalt thou know ever. There cometh one to follow thee, he shall expound it. But remember, O chosen one, to be me, to follow the love of new in the starlit heaven, to look forth upon men, to tell them this glad word. O be thou proud and mighty among men. Anyways, yeah, it goes on. I just love it. You know, oh, someone will come along and he'll be able to interpret all of this. But we do not know the time. Mm -hmm. Don't try to figure oh, it out for yourself. Yeah. It, now, if that's not obtuse, tell me what is obtuse. I do <laughs> not claim it is not obtuse. <laughs> all right. We are in agreement. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's someone's Wi-Fi password somewhere. It should be. I kind of mm -hmm. want to make that my Wi-Fi password, but you everybody should. already knows my iPhone password. Mm. Just, oh, that's right. Let's, <laughs> let's look that Oh, speaking of which, Ross, this will just be a little, <laughs> a little Easter egg for those who did listen to the Hangover Remedy episode. Yes. The other day, I had to drive up to Sacramento, and I was cleaning in my house where we record the podcast, mm -hmm. and I found a little bit of your vomit. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> on my floor. Oh, no. Like, Your two-month-old vomit. Oh, no. Like, solidified? No. I mean, it was, like, just the pool of spittle that it Ew. sort of collected. Oh, it's fine. I'm but sorry. then two months later. Oh, goodness. Some of your old vomit. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, the book not only tells you to destroy it after you've read it, but, yeah, it says that anybody who tries to explain it shall be an outcast. The book is followed by this comment. <clears throat> the comment. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. The study of this book is forbidden. It is wise to destroy this copy after the first reading. Whosoever disregards this does so at his own risk and peril. These are most dire. Those who discuss the contents of this book are to be shunned by all as centers of pestilence. All questions of the law are to be decided only by appeal to my writings, each for himself. There is no law beyond do what thou wilt. Love is the law. Love under will. It so explicitly says not to discuss it. So then they have to sit there and discuss why it's okay to discuss it because they're not really discussing it because right. they're not telling you what to think. We're not telling you what to think. Which apparently that's what discussing is, is telling someone what to think. No. No. Yeah, they have discussions all the time where We're we don't tell each other what to it. think. Yeah. We have lots of couching phrases and, well, I think, and then following it up with, a, but I could be wrong. Right. So there was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I, and I must apologize. I know that my, like... My patience for this is showing that it is quite thin. 
Yeah. But by the end of this, I was just like, get me out of here. <laughs> At the end of the reading? Uh, no, by the, <laughs> the end meeting. of just like our experience with this group, I just, my patience was thin. Okay. So I'm wearing it on my sleeve for you people. I think we discussed this in the first episode, but it was funny how after three sessions of the Gnostic Mass, we were all kind of done with that, you and mm-hmm. I. Yeah. We, we all, you and I. I was thinking how silly it was during the third ceremony that this was already feeling like rote to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess maybe it's just been through so many years of church attendance, but like, okay, now, you know, they all get in the the booth at the back. The clown car. Now we're naked. Okay. You know, like, it just seemed like. Now I'm a flame. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're on our knees with our hands above our heads as a flame. You know, it's just uh, no big deal. So anyways, I, I at least like this as a change of pace. Yeah. The reading and getting into the meat of of what this this means. So when we were done reading uh, and taking our turns, uh, then it came to kind of Q&A session to talk about Philema. And again, kind of like the meeting you described before, there wasn't any lesson plan. It was just kind of open, freewheeling, let's talk about this. So I, I think we kind of dominated with the most questions, again, mm-hmm. as usual. And I kept calling you Ross. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I was Ross. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I had been using a name. I'd been calling myself Rob. Uh, throughout the meetings and been writing that down. I'd used an email address accordingly and um, I'm terrible at fake names. And so <laughs> I kept forgetting. I called myself Ross before you called me Ross during Twice. that meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no big deal. So uh, I had asked right away, I'd had a question about this whole uh, love is the law, love under will. And I mm-hmm. said, uh, I'm curious about why it's ordered thusly that love is the law, but under will. Mm-hmm. I say, can can you kind of talk about a time when they're at conflict where you have to prioritize will over love? Right. You have to choose one or the other, essentially. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, did they evade that question. Mm-hmm. The first answer was from Susie, who was kind of saying, well, in a perfect world, you know, if everybody's just acting according to their will then they're not going to interact. If you think about it. If she th- said, if you think about it. If you it. think about it. They, we just bu- don't bump into each other. Yeah, if everybody were doing their will, then if you think about it, we wouldn't bump into each other. What? There was this weird no. like, example. Like, I would walk into this room, and I'd put this thing down on the table, and then I'd walk out of the room, and then someone else would walk in, and they'd be like, oh, that's exactly what I needed, and pick it up. Right. But why? Why does she think this is what would happen? In and, fact, evolution shows us that this is pretty much <laughs> the opposite of what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Donatello, he would wander into the room where I was, and he wouldn't try to steal my coffee. No, right? It, you know, he would be doing his own thing, and we wouldn't interact. Right. And, and so I'm trying not to say like yes or I agree because that's right. ridiculous. Yeah, actually, I I was noticing during this investigation that I've gotten used to these sounds that you make that I know what they mean. And so when you're like absorbing something and you're gonna let it pass, but you vehemently disagree, you just say, hmm. I also have the venerable, okay. Uh, <laughs> that means I heard what you said. Right. You I said processed it. it. <laughs> yes. Very good. That has been noted. But I, yeah, I don't want to say like, uh-huh. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> that might give some sort of uh, agreement right, to what's sure, being said. Sure. So anyway, so she put that out there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Donatello kind of jumped in and said, and there are other people at this meeting, but they were mostly silent. Right. Um, Donatello was saying, well, actually, you know, the way I see it, they're never in conflict. And under, uh, he was kind of reinterpreting under to not really be like, you know, this is above and this is under, but but love supports right. the will. And then they both got very confused about which one was under. Right. Then, like, Donatello started saying, like, yes, so love supports will, 
Yeah, love love supports will. Yeah, because love is under the will. But then, uh, then like you are the wind beneath my wings, oh, right. that kind of thing. Right. But then uh, Susie started saying like, "Yes, will props up your love." I was like, Wait, which what? That, now that's very under. confused. Now, yeah, it reminded me though of um, this very ingenious thing I was told back in my church days. Someone asked how God the Father could be a father and yet still have existed for the same amount of time as Jesus if we accept that they're three in one. Yes. And this was the, the brilliant little analogy that was given was that uh, if you have one book laying open-faced and then another book laying open-faced within that first book, mm-hmm. now that, that second book, the one on top, couldn't couldn't be exist in its place in space without the book under it, but they could have been laying there at the same time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I never heard that one. Argument by analogy. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that in, the, in these circles. Right. Um, and, you know, I was surprised at the amount of similarity kind of in approaches and in answers. And in fact, as we did with the Mormons, I kind of helped them along at this point because I jumped in and said, ah, well, there's a similar debate kind of in Christianity between camps that say that you are saved by faith alone and those that say you are saved by works. Uh And that the Catholics tend to, you know, tend towards the latter and say, you know, you really have to uh, do good things to gain salvation. And I said the Protestant answer to that was, well, if you truly have faith and you truly have a relationship with God, then the works will follow. Exactly. There'll be the fruits of that mm-hmm. that faith. And I said, so I'm I'm seeing that you're saying something similar about if you're truly following your will, that love will come out of that. And they're like, yeah, that's a great analogy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, Susie was talking about her, again, perfect world and how we just won't interact with each other in a perfect world. Right. And so then I interjected, but it's not a perfect world. It's like, that's right. You know, it's always <laughs> like, I, that's right. I, I thought of that. <laughs> and... Uh, and then she went into kind of another hand-wringing explanation. But, yeah, they were kind of all over the place in this, and they weren't explaining that well. And you kind of jumped in later and said, I'm feeling more what Ross is saying. That And then I called you Ross. Yeah. In the, <laughs> in the book itself, you know, it was condemning this compassion. That's what kind of right. led into that conversation. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we went all around just over that one point. That took quite a bit of the, the ensuing meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I've never been a person who handles being um, condescended to. Like, I mean, Mm. since I was a kid, like, I've just been rubbed the wrong way by being condescended to. So I'm not a good sample for this experience. But, oh, my God, (laughs) when that woman and that man would talk to us just like, we have all the answers, and I'm sorry you didn't understand, but here's another way you can look at it. I just didn't like it, Ross. I didn't like it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I, I guess I have more tolerance for that. Oof. I'm, I'm just interested in the, the thought process that's leading to that. But I, I found not only in the text, but I don't know, maybe it has influenced the thinking. In like everything is stated as being this, but also the also opposite. Also not that. And also not that. And, right. Or however you choose to see that. And in, again, just like, uh, you know, in that great album, The Point by Harry Nilsson, you know, if you have a point in every direction, it's the same as having no point at all. Oh, yes. So true. So after that was all done and we went home and we were glad we were home, mm-hmm. then a few weeks passed and our our first episode had been out for some time. Yes. And we decided that we were going to go back. Uh, for another experience. Right. And I was on the mailing list at this point. And uh-huh. so, you know, I was hearing about events coming up and, you know, either uh, Carrie could go and I couldn't or I could go and she couldn't. And so we, we just hadn't gotten to any meetings for a while. But 
on our website on the comment thread, mm-hmm. we've gotten this kind of weird, oh, yeah. this weird message. It said, "Carrie, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law." There was no way during the short time I had gotten to spend with you to acknowledge the presence of such deep and long-lasting wounds. And besides, the personal tribulations of another are to be respected, given that any movement along the path toward experiencing your own deepest truth is hard-earned, no matter how bitter a personal knowledge it brings. I sincerely hope you find what you need to stop hurting and experience joy. Love is the law. Love under will. This is... Charles. (laughs) And we both thought, so again, who's Charles? Who? Yeah, we had never met. We never a met anybody who went by Charles. Nope. And <laughs> speaking of being condescending <laughs> to, what oh, the yeah. fuck? Oh yeah, that's a great example, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I can't help but think that they they didn't make a mistake in picking the woman to make this comment to. I think there may be some underlying. Oh yeah, the, gender bias. Yeah, here. why why are you being singled out? Right. What about and, my uh, uh, deep and long lasting wounds? Right. Yeah. Why me? I never mentioned anything. I don't think I have any deep and lasting wounds, but <laughs> yeah. I certainly didn't mention any. So and, a bit of projection. And I like to think I'm quite, I like to think I'm quite cheerful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're cheerful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Ross. Anyway. Yeah. So we, we saw this comment and it sounded like somebody who had met us. And we right. thought, oh, maybe they've heard the podcast Maybe. Now. And they're using a different name. Yeah, but, you know, we, we already assume this at this point because uh, a lot of people are using names that don't sound like real names. Yeah, that's true. People will use names like Airbender and Clubfoot. Right, right. And, you know, then you'll have your your Jonathan and your Susie, right. you know, and like, sure. you know, names that sound like that wasn't her real name. But, the, you know, those are names that sound like real names. Right. But you'd have people who go by something, you know, that clearly is not their given name. Right. Unless they have hippie parents or something like that. Right. Yeah, possible. There are lots of respectable hippies out there. Of course. Uh, please donate to us hippies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, we had used fake names. You had called yourself Carrie. Right. But you signed up with a different last name. <laughs> right. I used my original given last name and that I was real, born with. My real no name is name. Ross, but I was going by the name Rob. Rob. Pretty Cause clever. Because I'm really good at fake names. Really And, clever. you know, I'd, I'd give myself the last name Denman when I signed up. Right. We weren't sure if they'd heard about this and they knew our real names or not. So finally we found a day and it was, I don't know, like a month and a half later. Mm-hmm. It had been a while that we could finally go back to OTO and go to a meeting that was about one of their symbols. It's like a hexagram. Mm -hmm. And so we signed up at the bottom of the stairs uh, Mm -hmm. with our assumed names. And then we walked in there. Uh, There were only three people at that time. It was Donatello, another woman that we'd seen at previous meetings, and she had kind of participated in some of the masses as one of the children. Right. Like the last time, it seemed like she was being given new responsibilities for the first time she seemed very uncomfortable with it so very nervous that that was kind of my association of her and then there was another person who's clearly a new person right uh, who's just kind of sitting on the couch so we wander in and the first thing that happens is Donatella looks at me and uh kind of sideways and sort of with like pursed lips and says can I call you Ross Mm -hmm. and so I said you sure? Yeah, you can call me Ross and I shook his hand Uh (laughs) and I heard that from outside the door But I just walked in as if nothing had happened. And Uh I said, hi. And he said, hello. (laughs) So we went and we sat down on the couch. Mm -hmm. And they talked to the new people. Yeah. And they brought out the little donation bucket. Mm -hmm. And they had that there. And uh, I put in $20 to cover the two of us. 
And the woman uh, uh-huh. who we'd seen before, she was just looking very nervous. Yeah, she kept looking at Donatello like, what are we going to do? Yeah, uh, how do we handle this? How yeah. do we handle- and Donatello uh, said, I'm just going to wait for Susie to come. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. Okay, and he was... And he was kind of talking with the new person, trying to answer his questions a bit, but you could tell his mind was elsewhere. Right. And his head was kind of cocked a little bit to the side, and his jaw was tense, and he's kind of looking up and just trying to figure out how should I handle this situation. Right, right. I'm not quite sure what to do about this. Yeah. And then another new person came in who I believe introduced himself as Flippy. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I don't remember, but it was a name like that. Yeah. Introduced himself, uh, shook my hands, and he was completely new. So they were all kind of oblivious to this weird tension in the room, I think. Right. And um, yeah, a few minutes of that, just sitting there, uncomfortable. Right. And then in came Susie. In came, well, Susie opened the door and started running down, and Donatello ran up to greet her. Oh, To yeah. warn her, I think. Okay. And then she came in, she walked right over to us and said... I didn't expect to see you here again. And then I said, we're here. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's how do I, how do I not I remember that? I think I'm to say. <laughs> we're here. We're here. Oh, no. <laughs> and I can't and then, remember the oh, order of her statements, but she said, may I ask what your real names are? She said, and your real names are? Yeah. Okay. I said, I'm Ross. And I said, I don't know, I'm Carrie. And then... She realized, oh, yeah, that is what you always said your name was. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, half the time I said my name was Ross. The other right. time I said it was Ross. And then Rob. she said, that's right, to confirm that <laughs> she knew our real names. Yes. And this time we said them correctly because you said s instead of b. <laughs> yes. So I Consonants cleared that all up. Yep. I, I should have said Rob, love- which is also Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that she walks into a room with people named Tippy. <laughs> right. And, or Flippy? See, now I don't even remember. Everybody's and using like, assumed Nightingale names. And Luciferian. And then she's like, your name's Ross, not Rob. Isn't this is it? A, a big deal that I gave the wrong name. <laughs> you know what? If I had it all to do over again, it didn't gain me anything to use a fake name. Yeah, probably just to rouse suspicion when we both continue <laughs> to call a, you Ross. It was a stupid idea. It's not a good long term plan. <laughs> I should really think more about that in the future. But uh, certainly, I wasn't going for any great deceit or anything sure yeah she said well you are not welcome here yeah very clearly yeah and uh, and very forcefully and you know just as she had alluded to in previous conversations she is not afraid to you know smack people around if she has to right so for a moment i was thinking well do i leave the donation right yeah 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 sure yeah i know (laughs) and later i told you i wish she had like made change just been like okay no problem lean over take a five out (laughs) that would have been conspicuous and funny hilarious. Um, but you know figured they could use it in good health but i think our greatest regret is not saying we only did what we willed (laughs) (laughs) yeah we just uh wilted out of there yeah Uh, yeah we yeah we just very quietly packed up our stuff and there was utter silence as we got our things yeah i I remember i just kind of smiled and said, okay. Yeah, and yeah, so did I. We got up She's and like, left. Oh, no problem, okay. Left, yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, on, on one level, uh, leaving out the lima and everything, totally fine, of course. You know, right. I, I, don't, right. I don't blame them. Who wants these, these, these two reporters sitting there listening to everything you're saying and then knowing that they're going to go, you give their commentary on it later? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm of two minds about that because, you know, like the Mormons invited us 
back. Other people have been sure. totally fine with sure. it. I think if you're really proud of what you say, you shouldn't be too afraid to, to have anybody there. But, yeah, and but I do understand that like we did have fun with them. We obviously ended up not agreeing with them. It's right. fair to be like, okay, guys, you got your story. Why mm-hmm. don't you head on out? Could have been handled differently. And, you know, it's the heat of the moment. Sometimes you mm-hmm. regret later how you react. Uh, you know. Sure. And, and that, was, that was her reaction. And maybe she'd already thought how she would react if she saw us again. But she said she wasn't expecting to. Donatello, mm-hmm. I've got to give him credit. You know, I think he was really trying to think this out. And he didn't have any immediate gut response. You know, maybe. He, it seemed to me like he wanted to be civil about it. and I thought he was just waiting because he's not in charge. Oh, okay. But well, anyways, we'll never know. So uh, we are no longer welcome mm-hmm. at the at the OTO meetings at that particular lodge. We got kicked out, so you don't have to. That's right. And uh, yeah, I thought about it a lot for the next couple of days. That mm-hmm. kept kind of like coming back into my mind. Yeah, and me too. It hurt a little bit. I mean, not sure. that, that we got kicked out. It's more like you feel hurt that you you may have hurt their feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And certainly I did feel bad about that. I don't I don't dislike the people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think they're harming the world or sadistic or cruel or anything like that. I just think their philosophy doesn't really pan out the way it's described. Yeah. And, and if it's truly do what thou wilt, then... You know, we were just doing our thing. And Susie had said at one point before, hey, it doesn't even matter if someone's here with ill will. She said that a bunch of times. Yeah, I said, you know, that's that's no big that's deal. Fine. It's, it's not my problem. You know, it's, it doesn't uh, doesn't bother me. Right. Yeah, you know. And I we would, weren't there with ill will. Yeah, I don't think so either. I liked all the average people there. It was just really yeah. the leadership that was really grating to yeah, me. But we, we had lots of really nice conversations mm-hmm. with people and everything. So, yeah, the general atmosphere was, was fine. Was fine. But, yeah, we weren't reverential clearly towards mm-hmm. the teachings. I mean, when we were there, we followed through the steps and we, we did everything. We asked honest questions that we were really curious about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't feel that the philosophy pans out. I don't think right. do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. I don't think it has any real meaning that works in the real world. I think you have to bend and contort it so much mm-hmm. to make any sense out of it. And then it just becomes the same rules that everybody follows. Right. Yeah, eventually th- you have to redefine it so that, you know, you have to work and play with others and cooperate. Right. I mean, if it weren't so self-defeating, I would say that it's a pretty ugly philosophy because that you do end up having to preach things like compassion is bad, <laughs> just just so transparently awful. But it's so self-defeating. I mean, within one conversation, it defeats itself yeah. that it's hard to be too worried. Yeah, it has no consistency. And I don't see them following the word of that law, Yeah, uh, which is good. I mean, the most I think that they do is that it does attract... And this isn't the entirety of the membership, but it does attract a little bit of that like tough love personality that is a little grating to like to me at least. That's sort of like, hey, I don't care about you unless you care about yourself kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, it attracts like a little bit of that. And so maybe that can foster a tiny bit of mean spiritedness, but not mm. on a large scale, I don't right. think. The love is perhaps a tough love at times. Right. And you know, there's times for that. Um, sure. But, yeah, I, I found overall we were given so many kind of weaselly answers. Mm-hmm. You know, just this and that and everything, and that means nothing. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I just don't find it very impressive as a philosophy. I don't either. And the text, I think you could have pretty much the same experience if you got 10 of your friends and you handed out, like, the hand manual to a refrigerator made in the <laughs> 50s. 
But you all <laughs> promise just sit around and read it out loud and nod very solemnly. Right. I think you'd have pretty much the same experience. Yeah, you need that reverence going in. Right. And and for me, it was too hard to kind of separate myself from the idea of this guy writing yeah. this stuff. Right. In the early 1900s. And, and we've talked about this before, especially with Joseph Smith and the Mormons mm -hmm. and, and Rael, Claude Borel-Hohn in the 70s with realism that especially in recent past, it's hard to take someone seriously doing that stuff. Right. Because you just see the human emotions there. Right. Oh, yeah. There's no veil of time. Right. Exactly. And when it's someone distant that you don't know, it's easier to forget that. I think I, I will still go back into the past and I'll give those motives to whoever's writing, you know, whatever scripture it is I'm reading. Right. But I think for most people, it's all the more apparent for recent authors. Oh, yeah. And even, I mean, for me, too. So, so yeah, it just seems like you said earlier, so purposeful in its obtuseness and self-importance. The text itself was saying, you know, this shall be written in all languages. And, you know, he's like committing to followers for years on end to be right. translating all the stuff that he's writing. Right. But the true, you know, word of the great beast, that's how he referred to himself, shall always be in this language uh, because even the, the spaces between the letters have hidden meanings. Just stuff like that. It's just like so really. So self-important. Yeah. And so that bothers me. I, I mm -hmm. would enjoy the poetry of it more if it weren't tainted with that self-importance. Oh, yeah. No, I completely understand that. So, okay, Ross, looking yes. back over this experience, mm -hmm. what would you say is the pseudoscience ranking of Ordo Templi Orientis on a scale of 1 to 10? Mm -hmm. And this is, of course, taking into account what we just talked about, Layman, the Book of Lies, and everything that you got to read and study in these last couple of months since our first episode. Yeah. What is the pseudoscience rating of Ordo Templi Orientis from 1 to 10, where 1 is something completely scientific? Mm. So, I don't know, like, what's something, like... Um, oh, proven, like... Um, yeah, like something behind, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like, well, like, the theory of evolution? Oh, God, yeah, okay. The yeah, theory yeah. of evolution, exactly. Totally supported. And then 10 is something completely pseudoscientific. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, sorry, you want an example? Like, uh, yeah. um, okay, What's like. Something that's totally not possible. The, your, yeah, okay, the whole world. The whole world you, is or at least you're, you're, you're made of goat sperm. And we're getting <laughs> that's silly a here. Ten. All right. Yeah. On that scale, you know, I think rating Thalema as a philosophy, I think it misfires on a philosophical level, not necessarily on a scientific one. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't see them really promoting any particular beliefs that like a certain incantation would affect the way the world works or anything like that. And mm -hmm. maybe if we'd gotten more deeply into it, we would have seen some of that stuff. Yeah. I'll give them a 1.5. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was anything particularly pseudoscientific about that belief set. Okay. What, what would you say? Well, there was something that I really wanted to go to that we weren't able to, a scrying class. Oh, yeah. Where you that could, could have, like... That could have opened it up. Yeah, you can tell the, tell the future and do spells and whatnot through a mirror. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's some... I'm going to give this a big old question mark on pseudoscience. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think if we'd learned more, we might have found some things that are very contrary to a scientific understanding of the world. Right, but who knows? Can't say. Who knows? Okay, no, a question mark is fair. That's going to drive crazy anybody who's trying to write down numbers. I later. know, I know. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, our Sorry friends person. who are charting everything. We appreciate your charting. Yeah, but it's awesome. Whenever someone comes out <laughs> with like one of those charts. That's so cool. That's only happened once or twice, but it's amazing. 
Well, then what would you give it, Carrie? Let's revisit the pocket drainer value. Oh, yes. Where one is something not pocket draining at all and something 10 is something that's very pocket draining. Do you want examples? No, you know, not if you're going to act like that, you Ross. Get, you get the idea? Yeah, fuck you. All right. You know what? If you want an example, you're going to have to pay me $500. Oh, shit. That's a 10. That's a 10. <laughs> um, one. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, they don't make a big fuss if you don't give them money. Totally. And I think probably if you do the baptism and everything, you're probably expected to give a little more, but this organization seems poor, to be honest. Yeah, they're not rolling in dough. They're they're in it because they're interested in it. Yeah. And they like, you know, well, whatever they like about it. I can't... Uh, they do what they wilt. I can't say it for them, but... They uh, don't what they wilt, and they shan't... Be known unto you, for it with they shall wilt. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. 1.5 as well, because... Um, I give it a 1. 1.2. And you have to be a little bit more, don't you? Just, you need to be more. Just a little bit. Just You're, a little bit. On the price is right, you would be the most annoying person. <laughs> oh, yeah. 600 and what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Edged you up. Is that um, like the counts? You're like waving a hand and you've got the big like Dracula one. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, they um, it was totally voluntary. And, uh, you know, I'll give them that they're easygoing in that respect. Oh, I see. As long as you don't record a show about everything right. they do. and Which, come on. Who doesn't record a show about every religious thing they go to? Who doesn't? I don't know. <laughs> Everybody but us. <laughs> oh, um, right. What about, uh, how would you say OTO fares on a danger rating where one is something completely safe, mm -hmm. not, doesn't even register as dangerous, like um, feeding my plant that's there behind you, mm -hmm. giving it some water, some nice water. Which it looks like you've been doing. Looks healthy. Yes, thank you. Little bit of brown tips, but my best friend Claire tells me that's from the fluoride in the water. I'm not sure if that's true. Hmm. Whereas 10 is something very dangerous. Very dangerous role. Digital rules. Again, brought to you by the French. <laughs> like burying yourself in sand, mm -hmm. holding thine breath, mm -hmm. and then asking 600 school children to stomp on you. Oh, okay. That could be dangerous. Yeah. To your internal organs. Yes. Um, yes. I'm going to give, you know what? I'm going to give it a one. Okay. I'm not seeing any form of danger here. If okay. you just kind of follow along, you... You have a fun thing to do on your Sundays, if that's your kind of thing. Right. And and various other days of the week. This particular sure. meeting we talked about was, or meetings we talked about were on Saturdays. Yeah. You know, you get a little social group out of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't see them harming anybody. Yeah. So I can give them a one. Yeah, I think so too, at least from our experience. I think maybe back in the day, there may have been like some more risk of this when you have people like Crowley in there. But Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, now I think I would say two, some, one, some one and a half. Some former Thelemite is going to write 6. us down and tell us how you're missing the incredible dangers of what happens to people on the inside. Oh, I hope they do. I mean, yeah, we would actually, love to we, know that. Yeah, we would like to hear about that. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if Please do tell us. If and that's the case. in fact, we're hoping that we'll have an ex-OTO uh, member on our interview episode this month. Oh. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. Well then, Carrie, mm. on a creepiness scale, mm. so far this is pretty boring. We've got like ones, 1.5s. You're right. Okay. But on a creepiness scale, what would you give the Ordo Templi Orientis, where 10 is something incredibly creepy? Creepy, 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 creepy. Like, you walk outside one morning, you're getting ready to go to work. 
Okay. And all of a sudden the sky, which is kind of a bright, beautiful blue, darkens very quickly into oh, no. a, a blood red. Oh, God. And flaming balls of brimstone oh. start falling from that sky. Oh, my God. Burning holes through things. And your swimming pool turns red as well. My goodness. But kind All of, right. Kind of a, like a purpley red, like an alizarin crimson. Okay, like blood. I get it. Uh-huh. Okay. And then one is something not very creepy at all. Like you get a new uh, painting that you hang on your wall, and it's, it's quite lovely. No, I just did that. That painting behind you of that coyote. I got it at the Goodwill for $40. I'm going to give that a creepiness of one. <laughs> okay, great. I would give it a nine. Yeah. It's not quite brimstone falling from the sky. Sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's as creepy as, like, your ordinary social experience uh-huh. could be. I mean, people are talking about pentagrams, you're worshipping naked ladies, you're maybe eating sperm. Sure. Y- you're talking about Satan <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it's as creepy as fuck, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I would say in terms of the trappings... Yeah, right. like that the visual symbolism and the language that's used and all these, you know, uh, the one which is three, which is the secret number of 682, you know, and that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah, that's all just incredibly creepy and, uh, you know, it could be deliciously so or creepily so depending on your point of view. But yeah, I think if, if they're going to rate highly, it's on the creepiness scale. I'll give it an eight. All right. Say it's up there, though. But, you know, as yeah. far as creepiness things go, it's, it's hard to get creepier just in terms of the styling. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I mean, also, I think you and I both don't get anymore. We don't really get creeped out on like an emotional level, if that makes sense. Like, I don't get creeped out to where I'm like actually scared by these things. I don't think something's going to happen. Right. But I get just creeped out and... Yeah, deliciously so is kind of a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, the, the I like enjoy being creepiness out. <laughs> can be fun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it's it, creepy the way Halloween might be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, at no point do, you know, we assume that they actually are doing incantations or spells or harming people from afar or right. anything like that. Right. Uh, not what happy. are you going to be for Halloween, Ross? I, you know, I really don't plan that out. Wow, oh. that's really interesting. I'm sorry. I'm incredibly boring when it comes to costuming. Uh, uh, you, what are you going to be? I haven't decided. Oh, God, give me <laughs> no, a break. No, I think I know. I think I know. I think I want to be... You give you know me this hard people, time. You know, no, I think I know. But I think nothing. I know. I think I know. You know how people do sexy versions of things that yeah. are just make less oh, and ridiculous. less sense? I want to be <laughs> sexy Mr. Bean. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you got your work cut out for you. Sexy Mr. Bean. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm going to go for. You know, like when you're reading an article, like you accidentally read an article on Huffington Post and you feel really bad, like, why am I reading something on Huffington Post? Uh, here and there. Okay. Well, like, I mean, sometimes the concept They'll have, like, you know, like, whatever the site is, they'll have, like, stupid little links to other things on the site. I, rem- oh, uh-huh. I kept seeing this one that kept popping up that was, like, ridiculous sexy costumes you'd see the little thumbnail of this woman wearing like a barney costume but a sexy version <laughs> nice okay not gonna click not gonna click <laughs> and did will, you finally do it this will not help me at all uh you know what no i've resisted oh, the temptation wow. Good i've resisted for you. but now actually next time i see it i have to click on it <laughs> the lord leadeth you into temptation Carrie, what was your favorite moment uh from the second part sure uh, or overall when you think when you think of the good times that we had Mm. What was your favorite moment? Uh, With O-T-O. Carrie's having to really think hard about this. She's intaking air. She is then exhaling that air. 
She is looking off to the side. She is racking her brain and searching her memory for something, something to latch onto that was enjoyable (laughs) that she would do again. Um. You really didn't have a fun time. (laughs) No, I still did. I mean, it's still better than not doing these things. (laughs) I also kind of enjoy being tortured in, about these things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Not waterboarding. Right. Thank you. Amen. I think maybe sitting in a group of people, including someone whose name may or may not have been Tappy, <laughs> and having them ask us what our real names are. Totally. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I would say my favorite moment was actually doing the, the group reading. Uh, I just like fell into that old mode where like I was looking forward to my chance to read and I'm waiting like, okay, she's going to end off at verse 28 and I'll start on 29 and I'm trying to like examine. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And I'm examining the words like, how am I going to say this Greek thing? And, and then, you know, being proud of myself when I read well and then ashamed when I like stumble on the words. I don't know. It was just kind of fun. It was like a, a, a call back to Sunday school. But I know you were with me on this, Ross. Yes. They kept being like, Okay, everybody read 10 verses. Oh, And yeah. then it would just get... No, you have to say nine. You have to say nine. Why? Because, uh, because then people can remember. Oh. oh, I'm 20 to 29. Oh, I'm 30 to 39. But if you do 10, it just keeps moving up and everybody gets confused. Well, that's and so, not true. But, but no, I mean, it shouldn't be true. If you truly read 10. Right. It will stay in But people will be like, oh, okay, uh, yes. I'll go from 10 from where she started. That was 21. Okay, so I'm going to 31. And then the next person's oh, like, okay, yes. 32. To, to, and then it just gets out of control. I see what you're saying. And but then, if you say 9, you can control this problem in people's minds. Then they won't actually read 11. Um, okay. Great. Well, that's it for our show. That's it. And Not we, forever. We would like to thank our donors, but we had a problem this past month. Yes, yes. We have a little bit of a, 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 slight, a slight issue. Okay. <laughs> with, our, with our PayPal system. But it should be fixed now, and we're so sorry. And if you meant to give us money and you weren't able to, we <laughs> encourage you to try again and give us your money. We're so sorry. It's a thought that counts, but we would appreciate, you know, if you try again. So, um, sorry, and thank you. And thank you to all our donors who tried. Yes. We love you. And even if you didn't give any money, we love you. Less, but we love you. Well, that's it for our show. Our producer is Ian Kramer. And our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. You can find us on the web at onopodcast.com or facebook.com slash O-N-R-A-C. And be sure to check out our pictures by liking us. And remember the words of Alistair Crowley. Bury me in the nameless grave. I came from God, the world to save. I brought them wisdom from above, worship and liberty and love. They slew me, for I did disparage their fall, religion, law, and marriage. So be my grave without a name. But earth may swallow up my shame.